Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to the latest edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alston, here with co-host Keith Myers. Keith, come into the show. Tell me how you're doing. What's up? I'm doing good. I am um, surprisingly relaxed. Uh, it's amazing how much a bye week just does not raise the stress level. Uh, because the I didn't even watch football. Uh, I watched yeah, a little. I watched a f- I watched, I watched a, a teeny bit of highlights of that uh, Dallas uh, Arizona game, uh, just so that I could kind of become familiar with what what the Cardinals are doing um, for this upcoming week. But other than that, I just really didn't care to watch. I went out and played golf actually um, Saturday, so I didn't watch any college games. Um, so that was awesome because I did really well, uh, surprisingly. Like especially on the back nine, I played this course I hadn't played before uh, here and. Um, I just, I just really relaxed. Maybe it was the three beers I had on the front nine. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how that how it helps, doesn't it? <laughs> but I just, I totally relaxed on the on the back, and um, yeah, I was like, I had I shot five pars and and um, four bogeys on the back. Nice, so it wasn't too bad. That's yeah. a that's a good nine. Um, I know it was a good nine for me. I usually am a bogey guy all the way through for the most part. I get you know one, two, or three. Uh, pars maybe maybe four for 18 i'm you know i'm out i'm a casual guy i, I play like uh you know 10 10 times a year type of thing i'm not always out there or whatever so that was good for me yeah well just not having a seahawk game means there weren't there wasn't three hours of of high blood pressure and stress so it was kind of relaxing yeah and all the angst that leads up to that yeah and then there was also <laughs> the um the fact that uh, while the Seahawks were taking some time off for the bye, um, some good things happened in the division that will really help them out. Um, I know. So, Helping to, uh, uh, and not only in the division, just in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, the um, the 49ers uh, upset uh, the Rams, which helps, gives the Seahawks a cushion there. You've got, um, you know, the Packers laying an absolute egg against uh Tampa Bay and giving the Seahawks, making them the, the lone undefeated in the NFC. Um, there's just a lot of things like that, that, that happened around the league. That's kind of created yeah. some separation and yeah. Saints lost again. Rams mm-hmm. lost, uh, 49ers, you know, I think what they, they won, but they're only three and three. Um, well, and then, and, yeah. and they also lost, uh, um, Mozart, who they're running back, who had just come back from injury, um, and they were hoping that he would provide a big offensive lift for them, and now he's done for the year. So, what do you make of the Bears, Keith? Uh, at five and one, the Bears are a good team with some mediocre quarterback play, which means they're going to um, win a bunch of games based on the quality of their roster, but they're not really a big threat come playoff time because they don't have someone who can go make a play when they have to get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to watch that, that green Bay bears mm-hmm. 
uh, scenario, you know, because uh, chances are we're going to face, you know, one of those those teams. I mean, there's a lot of football left to be played, but uh, it'll be interesting. So, uh, so we're saying bye bye to the bye week and hello to the Cardinals this week, and and a bunch of stuff in between. Um, how was your week? Overall, you said my, you were relaxed and yeah, my week was pretty good. I um, I took the kids to um, the pumpkin patch and picked out pumpkins and carved them and you know did the whole October thing and it's been kind of a nice week. Got to say, I'm so I'm enjoying um, the fact that it's fall. I'm I'm definitely a fall guy as far as seasons go and and yeah. I'm getting into it. It was almost sweater weather last night here. It was uh, like 9.30. We were out on the patio. It was a, a cool 73 degrees. Um, and it, you know, just last week it was 85 at night or 90 or whatever. So when it drops down and it's at, you can actually feel the coolness in the air, it was uh, pretty interesting. And this morning I woke up and it was like 68 or 69 or something. And it hasn't been in the 60s for four months. Did you just say Here, 73 so was, was sweater weather? I'm serious. That's like shorts and t-shirt weather. I kid you not. You, my my kid, my 14-year-old, uh, uh, walked out of his room today uh, with a hoodie on and, and outside on the patio, and it was already 80 degrees out. You have been in the desert for too long <laughs> already. It is it is crazy. Um, so let's get into some football uh, talk. So uh seattle uh adds to its lead in the division and the conference without even playing we talked about that where seahawks uh come out of the bye still five and oh still undefeated um you know the the interesting thing about the seahawks is four of those five and oh wins came via a single score seahawks fans are used to those and two uh within the last play of the game to secure those so it seems like the more things change the more things stay the same i mean we're a different team this year, but we're winning kind of those, those, uh, close, close games again by design. And, uh, Russell Wilson is, is having, uh, the year of the, uh, of the decade, uh, for him in the NFL this year. It's just remarkable. Um, so we're going to see if we can keep that going against the Cardinals this coming week. But before we get to that game, we've got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, the non-football injury list players, come into play finally uh, for the Seahawks this year. Those include Colby Parkinson, DJ Reed, and Daryl Taylor. We've got positive news on two of those players. Colby Parkinson and DJ Reed have been cleared to practice, and they are starting to practice this week. Reminder, Parkinson's the tight end out of Stanford, 2020 draft. And uh, Reed was a waiver uh, wire pickup this summer uh, off the 49ers squad. And he has experience at nickel corner, outside corner, and free safety. Understand he's he's a really decent player. Uh, also some return uh, capability as well. And he's going to start to practice. So we'll see what that does. If that surplants, say, a struggling um, player in our, in our secondary um, and, and find out if he can get some playing time. Um, he does come in uh, primarily as a slot guy. So he, you know, a Mahdi, he might share some snaps there, but he can play free safety as well as outside corner. So you might see a guy like Flowers lose reps and a guy like Reed come in and be able to play or, or have, 
or provide the opportunity for somebody to slide over and take flowers. The key, to, the key to me with when looking at this is you, you got to look at the roster and who loses a job so that these guys can be activated off these reserve lists. And uh, for Parkinson, the obvious choice would be um, Luke Wilson. Seven snaps all year. Yeah. I mean, he just, Luke Wilson. he hasn't played. He's the fourth tight end. Um, and the good news is I think Parkinson has long hair too. So we're not, we're not losing the long yes, hair. But are we losing the, what is it? Disco Thursdays or, or whatever they call it. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably and, that. Um, I wonder if anybody's going to care on the team. Uh, on the team? No. The only person who will care will be <laughs> Luke Wilson. Uh, <laughs> no. And then um, it, I would say look at uh, Lano Hill as a possible um go to IR to create room mm-hmm. um, for Reed uh, on the back end because Hill hasn't been available for a while and uh, he has been jumped on the depth chart, I believe, by um, uh, Ryan Neal, who has been starting in the place of uh, uh, Jamal Adams at strong safety and doing an admiral job. So, uh, I would guess he would remain as the backup, and you'd see you're going to see Hill uh, most likely drift to injured reserve, unless of course there's another injury between now and then, and and uh, that to me would be the the logical scenario for both of those. Although I did notice that when you you said there were three players available, two of them are getting cleared to practice. It's most notable the one who is not, and that would be yeah, Gerald. and and the one that could probably help us the most if he was legit 100%, mm-hmm. Daryl Taylor hasn't been shut down for the year, according to Pete Carroll, yet. But Pete said he hasn't been cleared for change of direction work. So he's been uh, upgraded uh, since August uh, in the fact that he's been cleared to run uh, at this point, but he's not been cleared to do any uh, side uh, change of direction work which is pretty telling when you're considering a, a titanium rod in a person's leg. It's not yet quite healed enough to reach a stability point where he can put maximum torque and pressure on it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing that the Seahawks want to do with a guy like Taylor is to put him in a situation where he re-injures that, possibly creating a devastating injury to the titanium rod again and have to go through this process all over from scratch. So it'd be better if the Seahawks could shut him down and uh, keep him on IR the rest of the year and have him come, come back as a draft pick in 2021, to be completely honest, um, you just don't want to take a chance on a, on a player that could really help you significantly into the future. Um, and, and really, if he were to come back in, in December, just how much could a guy with no practice and, and just testing his leg for the very first time in the NFL uh, really help you? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where they, they have no reason to push it. I mean, like they need a pass rush, but are you going to get it from a guy who has never practiced and is still rehabbing? Um, the answer is no. They're better off looking elsewhere for the pass rush and, and letting him heal. But that's, that, that doesn't mean that come you know December, as we're winding down in the season and getting close to the playoffs, that, that he may not become available and offer a boost. Um, even if it's just five, 10 snaps a day as a situational pass rusher um, and get something, you know, from him when they need it uh, down the stretch. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but it is. Do you imagine that they might be active 
in the um, in the trade market here before yes. uh, the deadline. I do, and yeah. because they know they know where their weakness is, and uh, they know it's the only thing holding this team back from going to the Super Bowl is the pass rush. Really, um, I mean they they've they've added some depth. They've added some some rotational pieces and with guys like uh Bullard and uh Moore and and stuff but there's there's no starters uh at defensive end right now. I was interested in in the in the idea of Alton Robinson emerging and so far he's been, you know, taking some snaps, 20 snaps a game or whatever, but he hasn't really made an impact as I guess you would expect um as a, as a rookie but you just hope for a little bit more there and uh give him time give him time to develop yeah. I mean, this is a guy that um has a lot of potential and you know he'll have he's gotta continue to work and continue to get better but there's reason for hope just the asking him to come in and be this like absolute dis- di- uh difference maker uh on day one i don't think was is being fair to him i mean this is a guy that's gonna take some time to develop who else uh uh, on the injured list, can we expect to come back in, in the next couple of weeks to, to add to the depth? I mean, uh, how about uh, Rasheem Green? Um, Rasheem Green is uh, eligible, and from what I've heard last, he uh, wants, he says that he's ready. Whether the doctors agree or not is uh, what we don't know, and we won't know that until later this week. But um, it's possible that he can come back. And actually, and that would be a, that would be a pretty big boost, because that gives you a guy who is uh, has been productive as a pass mm-hmm. rusher, um, not like overly like you know we're not replacing a ten sack. Yeah, bringing he could in be a, a five or six guy. guy sack guy though. Yeah, you know? and but he's he's athletic, he's disruptive, he's you know productive that way. He does get pressure, even though he hasn't um, you know always gotten home with sacks. He still made quarterbacks move and and do those things. So if he can can get healthy and get back. Um, that would be that would be uh, a nice boost on the opposite side of the line um, over there. Basically, sharing snaps with Collier, who's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been way better than we expected of him because we were expecting him to. Well, we didn't really know if we could expect anything from him, so it's been a and and Jonathan Bullard. It'd be a guy, an interesting guy, especially this week facing his old team, the Cardinals. Uh, to see if he can um, remain consistent um, past his his debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, what, 22 to 23 snaps. Actually graded out really well. Um, and we'll see if he can make an impact on this roster as well. That would be very helpful. Yeah. Um, how about on the receiver front? Um, I know that Philip Dorsett is uh, set to return as well. And it looks like he's got the green light to come back. Yes. And so he um, he's on, on IR. Um, and so if he gets activated, you know, where they're going to have to create a roster spot there. Um, obviously, I would say that the most likely guy who would get dropped in that scenario is the guy who... Penny Hart. Yeah. I would say the guy that they made that weird... Um, uh, week one swap of with him and um, John Ursula. John Ursua. So, yeah. but yeah, because he hasn't played and he's just sitting there. And I mean, he's on the roster because of the speed that he provides and those kind of things. But 
uh, you're replacing that when you bring in a veteran like um, Dorset. Dorset. So if Why Dorset, am I having so many, so many problems it's okay. names? It's okay. Like, I'm, I'm a good so mind bad. reader. Um, yeah, okay. so Dorset's <laughs> going to come in and replace that, replace that skill set. And then it's, um, you know, so I think Hart's probably the, the odd man out there. Uh, the question is just, you know, how do they use him? Because when he got yeah, right. hurt early in camp, he was the third wide receiver. They were using him and Lockett and uh, Metcalf all at the same time to really stretch teams because, you know, two out of the three can go deep. You just don't know which two are going to go deep. And yeah. one of them won't, won't run across at the mid range. And, and with all that speed, it just really has a potential to uh, hurt opposing teams. But you've seen David Moore play really well and earn, you know, snaps as the third receiver. You've seen Freddie Swain step up and play really well as the, um, as the fourth receiver. So you've got, you know, are you going to take snaps away from those guys who have played well enough to earn those snaps that they're getting um, in order to make way for Dorsett and his speed, which is great, but, you know, he hasn't proven anything in Seattle yet. So we'll see how, how that uh, plays out. So um, let's, let's get into our first segment. Let's talk about some team grades here. Uh, you and I didn't, haven't really talked about this. Uh, don't, I don't know what you're going to talk about or what I've brought in or whatever. Let's just see kind of how this goes. Let's start on the offense. Um, I thought I'd do kind of an, a total offense grade and then kind of break that down a little bit further and then do the defense and then maybe get into some individual players that we want to talk about and maybe, you know, some ideas on how to improve certain areas. So total offense, um, I gave us an A. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine you're probably right there as well. Again, Points yeah. per game is is 33.8 first in the NFL yards per game at 395, which is ninth. So we're a very efficient team. Uh, football outsiders offensive DVOA is 23.6 third overall. And that's adjusted value over average is what that means. And okay. red zone we're go ahead. I say, and DVOA is also adjusted for opponent. So if you play a team that's bad, you're expected to put up big stats and uh, that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, I want to talk to you about that too because you know early on I thought maybe the Seahawks had a fairly decent schedule um, as far as strength of schedule, and it, it's been proven out that it's getting less and less so mm -hmm. as as those teams continue to lose to other teams. So maybe um, maybe we're not as good as we think we are, or maybe we we're just as good as we think we are. We just haven't faced the quality opponents yet that we're going to face here in the next five weeks or so that'll prove the fact that we're that we're as good as we think we are. Well, so. and, and the thing is that they've played, they've played teams that we thought were going to be better than they are like Dallas. Um, but Dallas of course might still be the class of that division, even though Dak Prescott got hurt because <laughs> that division's just so bad. Um, yeah. Well, the redheaded uh, quarterback dude, uh, Andy Dalton, he's, he's not, <laughs> he's not going to be their answer for sure. I mean, he's a serious, excuse me. He's a serious downgrade. Oh yeah, um, compared to Prescott, and so and it really shows. Yeah, and then now that offense. Elliott's got all these fumbling problems, suddenly um, they're they're in a world of hurt offensively, and you saw that uh, against Arizona this last week. So red zone though, uh, sixteen of eighteen uh, touchdowns. That's all right. Um, could, yeah, that is they could be that better. is truly amazing. I remember really, really there good. was a few years ago that they were struggling with red zone conversions, and um, and they're currently first in the NFL. Um, 
I didn't do the passing and the, and the rushing um, totals, uh, but obviously passing were were um, were on pace to be uh, one of the best in the NFL. And rushing, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, situation because now we have a complementary rushing uh, um, tandem uh, for uh, Russell Wilson, and so it's 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 not like they're the first thing out of the gate now, and that's a that's a nice thing to be able to have. You can kind of plug it in anytime you need it, when you need it, at the end of games, close out stuff. Um, Chris Carson still is as good as ever at doing all that kind of stuff. So, and pass blocking, Keith, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, pass blocking win rate is fifth in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Rush blocking win rate is 15th. So, um, because they were a top half of the team. Yeah. I mean, the NFL, uh, offensive line this year, they did make a point of adding pass blockers, uh, to the line and, um, a little bit at the expense of run blocking. And you know what? It, it, it shows in the results of the, um, you know, on the field. I mean, the, the Russell Wilson's had time when he's taking sacks. Now it's because nobody's getting open and he's holding on the ball for five or six seconds in the pocket. And he needs to learn to either um, run or throw it away because he's just taking too long. Um, trying to give someone a chance to get open, but at some point, you know, th- they can't block forever. <laughs> and, um, but they, but they have been, they've been blocking really well. So instead of, you know, running for his life, the moment he gets the ball, which is, has been the case in the past, now he's got time. I mean, the, the, the run blocking hasn't been great, but it hasn't been bad either, especially, um, you know, Damian Lewis on the, at right guard has done a really good job. Um, of opening up holes. And so it's been, um, you know, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag in the run blocking, but we're talking about overall a top 10 offensive line, which we've always said, if you give Russell Wilson a top, and you that's know, what we're seeing this a, year, and a, yeah. a slightly above average offensive line, he's going to uh, just set the yeah, league on fire. Here. And guess what he's doing? <laughs> he's setting the league right. on fire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keith. I mean, what have we been missing all this? time with him it's crazy um okay uh so that's that if if you we want to talk about it further we can talk about it when we talk about individual players uh total defense what you kind of what were you thinking on total defense for these guys i i'm gonna go with a c minus um i you really laid him out last last week and you said they were the worst defense in the nfl no i said i argued a little bit that they were they were maybe not quite as statistically they're the worst defense in the nfl and if you look at the the numbers the right way they might be the worst defense in nfl history um now now, put quote marks around the right way i mean tell me what you mean by that yards per game uh, especially passing yards per game they are well. We're we're 471 yards given up. Yeah, uh, 30 uh, 32nd in the NFL yards per game. Yeah, but but not only 32nd in the NFL. Um, you know that is the most in NFL history, and it's the most uh, this season by 30 yards a game. Yeah, uh, the next closest is what uh, Atlanta, something like that. Mm-hmm. Points per game though is 27, so that's 19th. So that does give you some indication that it's not quite horrible, horrible. And then you look at football outsiders DVOA, we're 19th as well. Now, 
Seattle has the 15th ranked defense in first half of games. So, and we have 10 takeaways, which is ranked first in the NFL. So there are, and that's there are why, some positive indicators That's why as well. I said C minus and not like D or F was because mm-hmm, they've taken mm-hmm. the ball away, which is great. And they've come up with big stops when the team needed them. You know, the, the fourth down um, with Cam Newton, the fourth down, um, you know, with uh, in Dallas and, and, they just seem to get these stops uh, when the game's on the line. Now, they can't stop anyone for most of the game, but when when they, the defense needs a stop late in the game to preserve a win, they're getting it right now. Um, it, it's kind of baffling considering how bad the defense has been the rest of the game, but give them credit. They're, they're getting it done at the absolute moment they have to, and as long as they keep doing that, this team's going to keep winning. Well, we saw last year that broke down a little bit at the end of the year um, towards, you know, in the playoffs. A uh, team that's counting on turnovers doesn't get any. It really kind of puts you in a little bit of a bind. So we'll monitor that and see. You know, the interesting thing too, Keith, is that uh, the starting um, foursome of Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Shaquille Griffin, and Quentin Dunbar have only played a total of one game together this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking maybe <laughs> crossing my fingers, hopefully that that might be part of the situation. Plus Marquise Blair got injured. Um, Ugo Amadi's come in and filled in really, really nicely there. We're also getting Reed now apparently to, to come in and, and compete for some snaps in that area. Jamal Adams is coming back. Um, there's a chance that these guys have a, an opportunity to play some games together now and, and get better as a, as a unit because they are giving up tons of pass yards some of those are empty yards catch up you know teams trying to catch up and et cetera against the seahawks yeah there's some garbage um, time there's some but garbage there's also some just questionable stuff as well yeah. there you know scheme stuff who knows i don't know i mean it's hard to pin it on like ken norton uh but come on ken norton was bad in, in uh, oakland uh he hasn't been good since he's been with the seahawks i mean the seahawks ranked you know, in the bottom half of the league on defense for uh, this is the third consecutive year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, on I, a team that's been rebuilding and you'd think that based on the Pete Carroll, who he is, who, what he wants, what he needs in his team to be able to do in three years to have a team that gets consistently in the 20s, uh, you know, as far as ranking. I read is not good. Um, this last week from I want to say it was Jim Moore. Um, on the My Northwest uh, site, that Ken Norton has never coordinated a defense that finished better than 24th. I don't even know what to make of that. I really don't. I mean, we all have this idea that it's a Pete Carroll defense. Um, and, and what... But but the calls the, the the calls during the game come from Ken Norton. Pete Carroll helps with the game plan. He helps with the overall philosophy, all those things. But when you blitz, when you don't blitz, when you stunt, when you don't stunt, um, those actual play calls in the moment are determined. When you substitute, yeah, those are determined by uh, Norton. Um, he ha- he handles the details in the moment and lets Pete Carroll do big picture things as a head coach. Um, Pete doesn't call any defensive plays. And uh, that is, I mean, that just is uh, the case of it. So um, I actually like 
in there's got to be something that's going on that there he just does not feel like we're they're getting the most out of the talent they've got and that's been the case now for uh over a year and we went into this season Keith talking out loud about the idea that this secondary looked like it might be the best secondary in the NFL on paper mm-hmm. and it has turned into anything but that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're getting, they're getting waxed, but a lot of it is that, you know, um, Adams has been non-existent. I mean, he's been hurt and uh, uh, Dunbar has been hurt. And so you've had two guys and then other people filling in and, and uh, Blair got hurt right away. And so they've been without him and, and it's been, it's been a struggle uh, for this team to just have guy healthy guys out there on the field. So there's part of it's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the secondary is as good as it should be based on how well these players have played in the past, um, yeah, the pass rush is going to hurt them a little bit. They're going to give up some plays they wouldn't normally. But uh, the... It's not going to be, it can't be that much, right? So what are we doing? How are we putting our players in a situation where they're not succeeding when they have as much talent as they do and they have a track record of being as good as uh, they are? That's why I'm thinking, I think we're a little better than we we think we are. And, and I point to one stat and I don't have it written down. So excuse me if I'm, I'm way off here, but... Um, we're not getting the sacks, right? We got nine sacks so far. We're on pace to have the same amount of sacks as we had last year. But our pressure rate is up slightly overall. We're getting pressure. We're getting hits. We're getting quarterback hits. We're, we're in the top 15 on defense in quarterback pressures and hits combined, which to me is, is a good sign. Um, in addition, you've got... Um, Rasheem Green coming back. Mm-hmm. You've got Snacks Harrison coming in to help with taking on some of those double teams that those guys need to be successful, at least at the three tech spot. Um, and I think that that could even uh, slightly uptick. And and at some point too, you know, guys like uh, Alton Robinson, um, guys like Jonathan Bullard, uh, should be able to get to the quarterback maybe a little bit more frequently. Um, and so. I'm not going to, I don't want to despair too much on the, on the pass rush per se. Um, it would be nice if we went out and we grabbed somebody in, in the trade market, um, if we didn't have to give up too much. Um, but I just think that the defense has room here, especially after the bye week, after they break down all the film and they understand what they're doing and what they're not doing, um, that they could somehow improve just a little bit, um, both in defending the pass and, and the and the pass rush, you know I don't think there's really too much wrong with with the middle of the field. Um, you look at our safeties, you look at the linebackers. I think that play has been really really good. It's definitely the outside corners that are probably the weakest link right now. Well, especially as well with, as when Dunbar is out and and you've got Flowers and Flowers just has not. Uh, but Dunbar well. really wasn't in sync either before he got hurt, and so I'm I'm anxious to kind of find out if he's going to come in and really be the the pro football focus second ranked corner in the league last year. Is he that player or is he a guy that's always going to be a little necked up and hurt, which he has been in the past. So we'll see. 
Um, okay, so I gave him a C. I and the reason that I gave him a C was those little up things that that you talked about the ten takeaways, um, and their the you know the 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 DBOA ranking of nineteenth overall is not back into the league, um, you know, uh, as far as being, you know, 25th or 26th or whatever, I think, or, or, or dead last in yards per game. I mean, obviously, um, a defense is way more than just yards given up. Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see. How about special teams? Oh, the spe- you got to go with an A, a right? Special teams. Yeah. I mean, um, Myers has been perfect and they haven't asked a lot of him as far as long kicks and stuff, but uh, that's not his fault. And at this point he's been perfect. Um, Dixon, 14 of 22 punts inside the 20. Yeah. Dixon's on, been on Dixon been outstanding. He's everything is either pinned deep or it's really long. Uh, they're not giving up good return, big returns in, um, uh, uh, punt returns or kick returns. And, um, you know, uh, Ott hasn't had a bad snap, which I know that like the long snapper is one of those things that everyone kind of, doesn't want to talk about and never seems to um, until we had a year like a couple years ago where we had a bad long snapper. Um, And then suddenly you recognize just how important that job is. And Ott's been perfect uh, along with Dixon and, um, and uh, Myers. So it's just, there's, I haven't seen anything to grade down. I mean, they've, they've just been good. How about coaching? Um, uh, I really like what they've done on offense and, you know, that's going to say a lot coming from me because I've one of Schottenheimer's biggest critics, but everything that he's, that he would do that was just dumb and wrong in the past, he's fixed for the most part this year. I mean, granted, he's called one bad half this year. Yeah. The first half against Miami was, was pretty pathetic. Um, but he made the adjustments at halftime and, uh, found ways to get his guys, um, opportunities to be successful and you know that okay so they had a bad game plan coming in but they made the adjustments necessary to come out and win and uh, I'm going to give him credit for that I mean yeah it would be great if he didn't have the bad um, game plan to begin with but you know what every once in a while you you try to figure out what the other team's going to do and you guess wrong um, but so I think he's done done a, um, a phenomenal job and he's been genuinely terrible until this year so um let's you know make sure we give him credit for being good and so i think that's been fine i mean obviously pete carroll has done pete carroll things with time management and whatnot but we're, by now we're used to that i really like the fact he's that gone this, for it a few times though on fourth down which has improved a little bit yeah and i do like the fact that this team is being more aggressive they're taking more um you know they're just they're taking some more chances but they're doing it smart in the ways that they do it and and it's it's offensively I, I think they've done a good job defensively i'm not convinced that part of the problem isn't the coaching staff and um ken norton to be honest and can I, we expect to change this offseason i don't know i mean there's people who are saying if they make it to the super bowl and win the super bowl there will be no changes but well, yeah of course um, um and if they if, if they if, win a super bowl do, there shouldn't if they be. go out in the first or second round after winning 12 or 13 games there could be there heads could be. roll well, and it, it might not be a heads rolling situation. It might be a uh, Ken Norton becomes assistant head coach, which opens a defensive coordinator job for someone else. And then someone else comes in and actually coordinates the defense. And Norton just 
does the stuff that Ken Norton does well, which is work with individual players and and uh, all the stuff that he was great at as a as a linebacker coach, where he was you know kind of the disciplinarian in camp, and he was um, you know he was the guy who woke everyone up at cur- or at um, uh, when the alarms went off, and he was the guy who enforced curfew, and he, he developed a lot of uh, great relationships with with guys, and and really was that like leader um that you just kind of got to know everybody and and he's just such a personal guy and and um there's a reason why everyone respects him so much and that's not just because he was a great linebacker when he was a player but he's just been that guy yeah he had i mean he's he's kind of he takes on the sergeant role Mm -hmm. without being the asshole exactly you know he's a he's a good quality guy that really genuinely cares about you but he's gonna he's gonna find ways to motivate you yeah and he's he has yeah. been really really good at that in the past. I just don't think when it comes to X's and O's and and that kind of stuff that that's where his strength is right now. And it's clearly not. Um. And so I I could see it's clearly never been. I could see a situation where uh they do something like they did with um Rocky and I don't remember what his last name was, but he was the assistant head coach and. And kind of had worked his way up through um, Pete's system and then left to become a pastor. Um, but they could do a, kind of a similar situation as they did with him and have him just be that assistant. Rocky head Sato. Sato, there's the last name. Um, and just, you know, have that where he does kind of the bigger picture stuff, but isn't focused on the, the nitty gritty details of coming up with a game plan and calling the plays. And he might help come up with a game plan and be in on all those meetings and everything, but not be responsible for uh, all the specific details of it and calling plays. Like, I think that would be a great fit for him and for the, the team, especially when you've got a guy like Dan Quinn, who was the defensive coordinator um, in 2013, uh, who is sitting there, you know, unemployed right now and could come in. Well, he was also the coordinator of one of the greatest uh, rosters of all time. True. So how much does that come into play? Like how much does talent come into play with, with a guy like Norton or, um, you know, as far as what a coach has to work with? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at, uh, yes, he had a great roster, but I never felt like he was ever asking guys to do things that they weren't good at. I never felt like he was, um, he never had to though. Yeah, but I don't think that uh, Norton has to either, but he does. Maybe maybe he does feel like that. Maybe especially on the defensive line, you know, and then he's, his, his substitutions at linebacker. I mean, you've got Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, but everyone else is kind of still learning or is not as good as advertised. And so he's kind of having to fill those in. The, the, we've had safety issues this year a know. little bit and I you know, know. I, I, the back end has just been just, horrible and I don't saying, know if that's Ken Norton Jr. if that's because we're just not as good as we thought we were. It's hard to say that uh, you the fact that you have four pro bowlers one of which was an all pro um, on your back end I, and you, uh, it's just confounding and you can't get more out of them than, than, than being the worst pass defense in the NFL. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. So, and, and when you show up on the field, like a Ryan Neal's showing, um, Ugo Amadi's showing out really pretty good. Shaquille Griffin's been a mixed bag. But. 
Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of positive plays as well. He's given up a lot of stuff. Trey Flowers has been a hot mess, but that's one guy out of four mm-hmm. or five, you know, that that uh, have responsibilities back there. And yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see if that unit can can improve over the next uh, 10, 11 weeks. Okay, um, so I had them overall as a B offensive. I, I gave them an A plus just because they exceeded my expectations and expectations were already high. I thought that they were going to come in. They had a number five or six offense overall, or their top ten anyway last year, and they're clearly top two or three this year, and that's uh, that's amazing. I gave the defense a D, just because of uh, they deserve it. They deserve it, and I gave them an A plus for COVID nineteen. I, I wrote in COVID nineteen because I thought they've managed that exceedingly well as far as the NFL in general um, overall. I think they've done an okay job considering the demands. Of, of what it takes to keep everybody healthy and you know certain teams and certain players have kind of gone off the rails but for the most part pretty good mm-hmm. all right how about individual players you want to talk just about uh, people that stand out for for good and bad uh, so far yeah i mean um i mean we look we can go through some of those um and in the you know if we've got surprises and disappointments i think we now would be a good time to kind of uh go through them you know now that we're in the bye week but Obviously, Russell Wilson uh, deserves a, a lot of credit with the offense. I actually thought about it and then gave him an A minus instead of uh, an A, simply because of turnovers the last couple games, uh, interception in the end zone, interception down the sidelines. Both of those were. I understood what he was doing and what he saw and why he went with, there with the ball, but um, just uh, didn't have the combination of. Um, footwork and room to work and everything in order to make that play happen and gave up the inter- the interception. But overall, he's played. Um, oh, he's got ni- nineteen touchdowns and three interceptions. One of which wasn't his fault. One of which so. hit, he had hit uh, Olsen yeah. right I give him an A plus just because yeah. he's he's on an all pro all world level and yep, it's hard to give a guy like that a minus. You're a hard, you're a hard nose on that one. Well, the thing is, how about, yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of it is, is trajectory because for the first three weeks, he was like absolutely insane, like easily MVP all pro. And then he had two games where he had, he threw turnover, you know, through interceptions. And so I'm like, okay, it's the trajectory is, is, is not as high as it was early on, but at the end, you're right. After five games, look at what he's done and if just look statistically across the board, what do you complain about? It's like, nothing. So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't. I, I I clearly don't feel strongly about the fact that it's not an he's, A. He's got room to improve, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, <laughs> no, he's been an absolute phenomenally good player. Yeah, he has. All right. Uh, I get, I went with Medcalf on my next one. Uh, yep. I gave him an A, um, just because. Again, uh, we've set expectations. He's met those expectations, and, and those expectations were high going in. Um, I thought I put him on kind of a Pro Bowl level expectation for this season in his second year, and he's on target to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he leads the league or close to leading the league in yards, even though his completions, uh, receptions are middle of the of the road um, because he's got such a high p- completion um, yardage. Uh, per completion um, rate that that's off the charts it's crazy it's like over 22 yards uh, per completion and uh, Lockett I gave a B 
I thought Lockett's kind of stepped back this year. Um, he's he's disappeared in a couple of games or long stretches of a couple of games, really um, which is unlike first, Lockett. Really big in the first three games and has kind of disappeared since. But but Metcalf has kind of stepped up. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a worst case scenario for the Seattle Seahawks. They've still got two very capable receivers, but it almost looks like Metcalf is beginning to exert himself as a number one wide receiver on the roster and and Lockett is a complimentary in, receiver. In yards per game receiving Metcalf is second uh in the NFL behind uh Arizona's DeAndre Hopkins. Um Hopkins is one hundred point two, Metcalf is ninety nine point two. But Hopkins gets an additional five targets a game. Yeah, I'm just or, saying or that six targets or whatever just it is. In, that's just in pure yards. Um receptions Hopkins has 47. Metcalf has 22. Isn't that nuts? So That's just crazy. He's averaging half as many receptions per game, but only one yard fewer. He, yeah, he also overall, has right. He also has five touchdowns to Hopkins' two. Yeah. Could, Pro Bowl. I mean that that that's a that's a guy playing at an all an all pro level, all pro. That's playing yeah. at. And, you look and down, he has like 10 drops already. Yeah, or not 10, not, but you know what I mean. Enough. Too many. He's got five legit drops where he would have added to those incredible totals already, including a touchdown including, well, where he a, dropped it that was punched out. Yeah. And then there was, yeah, there was the fumble also, which um, was, God, that was bad. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just looking at, at all of this, like he is legitimately... Um, it's those two guys are one and two in, in almost every category. And yeah, well, he's clearly the it. second best offensive player on, on the roster. Yeah. I think he's a, on second, a great offense. And I think he's the second best receiver in the NFL statistically this year. Second year, 22 years old. Just as, yeah. DK that's Metcalf. Only 22 years, super young for a guy in his second year. He's only going to continue to get better. Um, how about Carson, Chris Carson, hard to evaluate this year because he's not getting the attempts, but what he is getting seems to be working still. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's doing, um, he is doing well. He's, um, doing, he's being involved more in, um, the passing game, getting more, you know, more receptions and all that, which is helpful. Uh, getting fewer rushes, but he's still averaging uh, 4.7 yards per attempt. Um, but he's only got 61 attempts, right? So yeah, his 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 yard total yards is down at 289. But you know, you look at um, you know like Derrick Henry of Tennessee, who gets all of the accolades uh, for being you know the the great power back in the NFL, but they have the the same yards per carry. It's just that. Uh, Henry has om- almost exactly double the attempts. Instead of 61, he's got 123. Yeah, right? Mur- the quarterback we're facing this next week, Murray, Kyler Murray has 51 attempts. Um, mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea of, you know. So Carson, you know, his utilization rate is is way down. And um, it, it's interesting. I The Seah- the way the Seahawks kind of do this once in a while is, is a player on a contract year, they find a way <laughs> to to lower his overall uh, NFL um, 
now, usage. They don't do it on purpose. I mean, that's, I know, but it seems to work out that way sometimes. And uh, and so in a contract year, Chris Carson's probably not having the statistical year that he wishes that he could probably have. So I don't know. Like I said, his his yards per carry are good, and he's catching more balls out of the backfield and showing more versatility in that sense, which mm-hmm. I think overall, I mean, he's still having a good year, even though his, the, the volume isn't there. Uh, if you're only looking for, if you're only looking at yards, then you're not looking at the right things on how you evaluate a running back. You know, what and he's are, really not sharing a lot of carries. No, it's like, what are, what are your yards per carry? What are your yards per carry after contact? Um, you know, how many different, uh, how many, broken tackles do you have uh you know what are your total contributions that's the stuff you've got to look at as a when you're evaluating a running back and Carson's going to be near the top in all of those so I I think it's one of those things where yeah his his total yards might be down but if that again if that's what you're looking at when evaluating a running back you are looking at the wrong thing so speaking of getting paid um you know, Chris Carson's gonna gonna ask for a contract this next year, and are the Seahawks gonna gonna pay him? You know, if you take a look at the top ten running backs, Christian McCaffrey leads the the, the league in average per year at sixteen million. Uh, if you go in just the top ten, you're still looking at at eight million dollars. Melvin Gordon at the number ten overall spot, um, and that's kind of my line, my red line for Chris Carson is. Is he a top 10 running back? You could make arguments that he is. Um, and is he worth $8 million a year in know. the Seahawks offense? You know, And so he, you really stop and pause. You go, well, I would, I would wish I could pay him $5 because I would do that every day, $5 million. Absolutely. But eight, I mean, eight is only a $3 million difference, but there's so much, there's so much of a difference there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you look at all of that and um, I just have a hard time justifying the cost of a... I mean, Derrick Henry makes $12.5 million a year. True. The guy you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I... Chris Carson was losing snaps and playing time last year. He was slowly being taken over by Rashad Penny as the number one back when Penny um, like blew out his knee. And now he is suddenly worth all that extra money, all that extra cap space. Um, I didn't say suddenly, but he is going to, is in a contract year. No, so but he I, is but going I, to have to get paid. But that's what I'm probably that's by what somebody. I, that's what I was saying though, is, is as a guy who was, had fumble problems in his past, has a really long and lengthy injury history and, and just, has a rough time staying healthy has never played a full season um, in college or pros um, and was actually in the process of losing his job before the guy overtaking him got hurt. Is that a guy you're going to pay that much for? But here's the thing. I would agree with you. He's every bit a top 10 running back in the NFL. Every bit. And he's only gotten better. Like all the all of his work in the passing game this year, that was his like that was like the big knock on him, other than the fumbles, was that you know he wasn't much of a receiver. Uh he's doing that this year. So like where where do you go with that? Like 
if he is a top 10 running back, which I think he is, is he worth the money? Well, that would suggest that he is in the market sets itself. Um, but at the same time, you could also make the case that letting him walk, using that money elsewhere, and recognizing that running backs as a whole are fairly replaceable. Um, yeah, especially given the trajectory of the current offense. Yeah, and how it's becoming more more pass-heavy. Um, that you want, you know, you maybe don't want to spend all that money on a running back, you know. Spend the extra money on a tackle or a guard. You could spend one-third of what you'd have to spend on Carson to re-sign, you know, a guy like Hyde. You've got DJ Dallas. Um, you've got Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, to me, that would be likely the way that they go. But anything can happen. You know, they... Uh, Pete Carroll really loves Chris Carson and it and showed should. last year when he had the fart, the fumble problem last year, he just stuck with him. It'll just be interesting, you know, cause a guy like Dalvin cook, he's, he's making 12.6 is Chris Carson, Dalvin cook. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 million Calvin, uh, Alvin uh, Kamara, 15 million. Those two um, guys were way overpaid. Joe Mixon, 12 million. <laughs> Ken, uh, Kenyon Drake. He's got signed a one-year deal for $8.4 million last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, $8 million. Shaquan Barkley, $7.7 million on his rookie deal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then Kareem Hunt, $6 million. Uh, Todd Gurley, $5.5. It goes down, the but there's is, a pocket the, there the Kareem, at between 7 and Hunt, $9 million. Yeah. The Kareem Hunt money is, I mean, granted, Kareem Hunt has a... Um, there's other there's other pieces to that story, but um, that is seems very much what I would pay a guy like Carson, um, but he's likely going to ask for more. He might get it, but I also look at who would pay Chris Carson on the open market like more than eight million dollars. The Jets, considering the the history of injury and fumbles and know. so forth. A team with more than one running back. So they've already got, um, like, the, the Dolphins, who have Miles Gaskin uh, on a rookie deal, so they're paying him nothing. Uh, and then you bring, and they're paying Jordan Howard $4.8 million. True, but they drop, they, they cut Howard and, and signed Carson and feel like they upgraded and now have a one-two punch. I don't yeah. know. I, I just look at, you look around the league and you see... Um, most uh most dirt in san francisco or um you know, I know. guys uh, there's countless right examples. james connor in in pittsburgh and and i could just keep going down down the list um madison in in minnesota um jamal williams at times in green bay uh, Name Mike, a fourth round draft pick in the 2021 draft. I mean, Mike Day, yeah. or Mike Miles Gaskin is a good one. Um, yeah, who I already mentioned. Um, and you can just keep kind of going down, looking at at the at at the list of, of other guys in the league. Um, did I say Giovanni Mike? Bernard, Mike, did I say Mike Davis in, in Carolina? The yeah. guy that used to be he in Seattle. Um, you know, I mean, the, none of these guys are are getting big money. None of these guys are, um, you know. None of these guys are, are going to demand that kind of money. Well, at all. and we but need they to are all start thinking about paying players. Metcalf eventually. You need to start thinking about uh, re-signing Lockett. What if KJ Wright continues to play at this level? Do you sign KJ Wright to another 
Con- yeah, K- contract. KJ Wright's in a contract year. And honestly, the last two games, um, what I've seen from KJ Wright the last two games, I don't have a problem resigning that. You're going to have to pay Adams. You're going to have to pay Griffin. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pay Dunbar. You're going to have to pay Carson, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, and, and our center, uh, it's coming up for a contract. <laughs> if he plays as well as he's playing, I mean, you got to resign him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you only have so much money. Yep. So, and it's, and, and in a, in a year where the um, salary cap goes down $25 million. Do you think it's going to go down? They have it earmarked right now at one hundred seventy-five million. I don't know. We'll see. I would be willing to bet they're going to go. Okay, we're going to hold it steady for a year and then reevaluate, and we're going to spread that difference out over a few years and just not have it go up. Yeah, you if can't it, have it go down too far because it will impact too many mid-level players in the NFL uh, that will be out of work. Yeah, and so what will end up is good luck. we'll end up is so. It would go down by $25 million next year, but then expectedly it would rebound back to where it is and maybe a little higher. And you go, mm, no, we're just going to keep it where it is for like the difference three, or whatever. three or four years where it is, and then we'll make up that money, and then we'll put sure. it back where it belongs and, and you know, go with it that way. I think well, they haven't, re- they haven't negotiated their TV contracts yet, so I'm sure they can find a little bit of money yep. um, in that in that honey pot. Okay, let's do some defensive players really quick, and then we'll move on. Okay, uh, Wagner. Um, Wagner's been... Do you think he's fallen off a little bit? A little. Do you? I mean, he hasn't been as dominant. Um, a lot of that, I think, is the play in front of him hasn't been as good. Uh, he's still been good. Um, I think Snacks Harris is going to help Wagner. Oh, Snacks Harris is going to help, gonna help Wagner a lot. Um, I would give um, I would give Wagner a B or a B plus. I did give him an A, just because I do still think he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. And um, he, he clearly runs that defense. He you does. Know? And I, yep, so. he's the guy in charge. Uh, right. Uh, so KJ, right. The first two weeks I would have given him a C or C minus. He looked old. He looked slow. He was really struggling. Then they moved him to the strong side from the weak side. And he's been playing at an absolute a level. So I averaged him together and put him, put him at a B. Uh, Benson Mayoa. Uh, he's been, he, he exists. Uh, let's go with that. I think he's just been exactly as advertised just and they've just played plus. too many snaps. Yeah. So I think if he, if he was able to, to play at a 40% level, I think that he would be uh, more effective yeah. in the snaps that so he was given. C plus B minus. He's been, he exists. I gave him a B. Yeah. I gave him a B. How about uh, Jerron Reed? He was a, he's a real hard one for me because he played, the defensive guys are hard. He was really invisible for a while. And then the first half against Miami, he just was a force. And then he disappeared again. Um, but you see that, you're like, ah, that's the 2018 Jerron Reed we've been waiting for to return. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we've seen it. Here's another player that Snacks Harrison can help. Oh, man, he's going to help him a lot. Um, and so I think uh, right now I'd, I'd give read like a B minus. I think that he's been okay at times. He's been completely invisible at times, but I think a lot of it actually has to do with the fact they don't really have depth at defensive tackle and he's being asked to do everything. When we do talk about Harrison coming in, a player that's going to get impacted for better or for worse is Puna Ford. How do you think Puna Ford's been doing? Uh, Puna's, 
he plays a position that, that doesn't generate stats and doesn't it's a if you see his name mentioned it's usually not a good thing because his job is to eat blocks and to keep um Bobby Wagner clean and he's done a good job of that at times and he's struggled in at, at a couple other times depending on the you know the centers and guards he's been playing against I'd say he's been probably B B minus this year not as good as last year he's he's been a little bit of a disappointment for me LJ Collier um Collier's been a huge surprise uh, now that's a surprise of being in a at a B minus level but considering expectations were that he was going to be worthless non-existent um right. and then he's had to start he's come in he hasn't been flashy but he has done a good job of setting the edge against the run um and, and pr- providing occasional pressure not very often but occasional um you know he's been significantly better than we expected i like his motor I th- he tries gives good effort oh yeah i just i think part of it though is, is the expectations for him were so low that the fact that he's actually been a reasonably decent player is uh, why he's getting so much praise. Jamal Adams. Uh, I'm so disappointed in that groin injury because he's so oh, much man. fun. And it looks like he might even be held out one more week. Really? That part I didn't know. I knew that with uh, the two weeks uh, off, you know, with the, the bye week and then, you know, another week that he, they were, they were expecting him to be back. I would really hope that he, would be back yep. and ready to play this week. They're me, gonna, t- me too. And he's not him. been ruled out, but it's, uh, you know, yep. they, they want to reevaluate him and make sure that everything's okay this week. Yep. And it, it sounded like it could go, go either, either way, way, depending on what they find. That's so. too bad. I mean, when he was out there, he was electric dynamic. I mean, he was the best defensive player on the field. Um, when he was out yes. there, oftentimes he was the best player on the field um, with, you know, him on defense and then the other team's offense. He was just the guy. Um, and he was a lot of fun. I don't know if Ken Norton knows how to use him in a way that's going to be best for the team overall. Um, because we'll seemed, find out. it seemed like they were doing things that were fun and allowed them to be, be disruptive and whatever, but it left big holes elsewhere. Um, and the rest yeah, of they the were team blitzing was, at a 33% clip with Adams out there. And now they're like, close to 21 or something like that. Yeah. So they've really scaled it back. So I like, um, I like to see them find other ways to use him and, and take advantage of his insane skill set in a ways that doesn't lead to so many negative plays elsewhere on the field. Uh, Griffin, Shaq Griffin. Oh man. There are games he's played at an A level and games he's been outright pathetic. Mm-hmm. And there's been, and there have actually been times when he's been both at the same game. Um, I'm yeah. not sure I've ever seen a player be as up and down. Yeah, that one drive where he gave up the entire field. Yeah. In two plays. In two plays. Which, right. And just yeah. looked terrible. And then in other times, he's been just a shut down corner over there, like he was for most of last year. And so it's like, I just don't know what's going on with him. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of uh, the way the scheme is and his responsibility is like he is thinking he should be doing something and he should have been doing something else or 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 what's going on, but it has not been pretty for him. Um, and then at other times he's been great. So uh, I have literally no idea. Yeah, which, I give him a B. I would just just for that. I would say I probably a C minus and an A. I'd say give yeah, I was gonna probably go a C C plus uh, in that range because he's them definitely not playing at a Pro Bowl level. No. even though he's he's made 
plays. Like he's made some plays. Yeah, he's he made has. touchdown saving plays. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. Uh, how about Quandre Diggs? Uh, you know, confounding to me. He's an, another one that just seems to always be a step away from making a play, but he doesn't make the play. So therefore, he he made plays last. He was a playmaker last. He was absolutely he's been came a in and caused turnovers. He was a playmaker. He's been a playmaker his whole career, and he's been a step late making plays and i again i don't know if that's that um in an effort to put uh adams in position to make more plays they're stretching digs out a little beyond what he can do or or what's going on but he just has not done the things he well, did Pete's last really year. been hammering the defense about not letting anything get behind you so he has had to increase his cushion uh level this year just a little bit um, in order to to make sure uh, that nothing's getting over the top, you know. Plus, he's been asked to play that free safety spot full time this year, which has given him less opportunity to be up closer to the ball. Mm-hmm. So, how about Dunbar? Um, Dunbar had a rough first game. It's he's it, just been hurt for the last couple of games. Everybody, yeah, everyone had a rough first game uh, in the secondary. But he had a rough first game, and then he got hurt, and he was gone. And he came back in this last game, and he played. You could tell he wasn't fully healthy, but he was still out there, and he was an upgrade over Flowers. So an injured Dunbar, who's not fully effective, was still an upgrade, so they played him. Um, but I don't know what we have in him. Like, I don't know what to expect. He's never played him. a full season, too. It's just hard. Yeah. I just don't know what to expect. Well, like, is he going to be available? He is. Are, are we going to have to? depend on a pro football focus rated 37.6 Trey Flowers yeah. to be your primary defensive back Flowers when, has you, been, when the games really matter. Flowers has been probably the most disappointing defensive player on the team. I thought there would be the, the motivation that he would have for Dunbar coming on the team would be that he would rise well, to the and, occasion and, and he has done anything look but. Look at what Flowers did as a rookie. He was good as a rookie. People are wanting, you know, revisionist history and say, oh, no, he's always been bad. No. How can he, a player degress so much? I don't know. But he was. And that's where you come into a Ken Norton situation. Like, who's who's the defensive back? I don't even know who the defensive back coach by It used memory. to be Chris Richard. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, something's going on there, mm-hmm. you know, where either Pete Carroll's not having the opportunity to coach these guys up or whoever they've got back there is not doing the job or. Ken Norton's not calling a defense that is uh, putting these guys in the best best position to be successful, you know, or the combination of all of the above or injuries or whatever, or it's just the consistency. Like I said, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar have only played one game so far together. Yeah. I mean, Flowers was good as a rookie. He definitely regressed last year. And so far it almost feels like he's regressed even further this year. And that's disappointing. I mean, you look at uh, on the other side, right? You had uh, Griffin, who was great as a rookie, regressed in year two, and then was a pro bowler last year. He was good. And then this year he's been up and down. Um, But there's at least enough good there to remind you that he was a pro bowler last year um, and as good as a rookie. So you had that like, okay, well, Flowers was good as um, as a rookie. He had a down year in year two. But hopefully he'll rebound and and be good in year three, right? That's kind of the the trajectory you see for a lot of these um, Seattle quarterbacks. And instead he's just dropped off even further. And it's I just really don't get it. 
Yeah. Well, the offenses that we've faced have been decent. Now, those teams that we face end up, you know, having a combined seven wins total or something like that, nine wins total mm-hmm. so far out of five games. Um, it's not great, but still, the Falcons, Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins, Vikings, none of those quarterbacks are horrible. Well, the, the, the Dolphins just made a quarterback switch. They're going with Tua I know. Um, at quarterback, which I thought was yeah. weird because they've won two straight games in which uh, Fitzpatrick was a big reason why they won in both of those yeah, games. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, but I can I, I can tell that they've probably premeditated this move, and yep. they're not going anywhere this year, and they want to take a long, hard look. And they, Yeah, future. I mean, it, it's totally the right thing. It's just when you have a guy that's played well for a couple of weeks and helped your team to, to... That's been Fitzpatrick's entire career. Yeah, I mean, and so, uh, but now he's... But yeah, you're right. It has been his entire career because he is. He's always been getting shafted. <laughs> well, yes and <laughs> for no. For somebody else. Because his thing is that he uh, early for most of his career, his thing was, you know, he would be a backup. The, in, the starter would get injured. He'd come in, play lights out, um, get a big contract uh, because of it, and then play like crud, get benched, end up on a different team as a backup that their starter would get hurt. He'd come in and play lights. Like that yeah, was, right, that, that was his right. early career rotation. It happened like four times. And then more recently it's been, he comes in, plays pretty well, gives up his spot to um, a rookie who he helps mentor and teach. Uh, and then he moves on to his next job. Like that's, this has been the end of career for uh pattern for Fitzpatrick who only needs like three more teams and then he will have played on every team in the NFL. Okay. I don't know if that's actually true, but it does feel like it, doesn't it? Uh, it's pretty, pretty good for a Duke quarterback. I know. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, um, he's better than all. I think people want to give him credit for, but he's not an elite quarterback. Um, and, but he's played well. Uh, obviously, the Atlanta offense has been good. It's their defense that's been pathetic that got their their coaching staff and, and GM fired and is why they're losing. Dallas, you know, they we played Dallas when it was a Dak Prescott show and, you know, Dak Prescott was having an historic year until he got hurt. Um, I mean, the, our defense has played some of the top offenses in the league. All right. So let's move to the next segment. Um before we get to the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll go through this fairly quickly. Uh, the NFC West, um, you've got Seattle at 5-0, and Rams 4-2, and Cards 4-2, and 49ers 3-3. and Not a losing team in this division so far. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN's this, Football Power in, Index has all four teams in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, decent, uh, it's a decent division for a, sure. A decent division. It's the yeah. best division in the NFL. It's the best division. All right. <laughs> Strength of schedule the rest of the way. 49ers, number one, most difficult schedule. Cardinals at 10, Rams at 12, Seahawks at 28. Mm-hmm. So because things Seahawks, line up really favorably. However, yeah. the, Seahawks have the a next five, five weeks are, yeah. are hard. Five so we play, hard. we play the Cards. They're currently four and two. The 49ers at three and three. The Bills at four and one. Um, the Rams at four and two. And the Cardinals again at four and two. Uh, things can change during those uh, weeks prior to those games. Nonetheless, that that stretch not a is, losing team uh, in, the, in the group is is pretty amazing. Yep, and tell you um, the thing is, if you go into this five game stretch and you come out of it with a winning record, let's say they go three and two in the stretch, and as long as one of those wins is against Arizona, right, that puts them still 
in first place in the division, maybe tied with Arizona, but still in first place in the division. And they come out of that with games against the um, the other three NFC East teams, right? Um, Giants, oh, yeah. Philly, and uh, Washington. Jets. And they play the and the Jets in there too. Like if they go, if they go the Jets, th- even a team. No, if they go, <laughs> if they go three and two in this sec section, right? They're they're then eight and two at that point, and you got four pretty much guaranteed wins in those four games that I just uh, just said. That's twelve wins. That's yeah. a that's uh, before we get to the Rams and the 49ers to end the season. Yeah, and and, and so that 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 is uh, putting you in place to get win the NFC, you know, the first overall seed, home field advantage, not the playoffs. Um, but they got to go through the stretch. They got to go three and two in the stretch and set themselves up to uh, be in that spot going forward. Yeah, and only one team this year gets a bye. Mm-hmm. And that's the winner of the NFC and the winner of the AFC. So, um, all right. And the rest of the NFC is is interesting. I mean, Green Bay four and one, Bears five and one, Bucks four and two, Rams four and two, Cards four and two, Saints three and two, Panthers three and three, Forty Niners three and three. Those are the teams that are vying for the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, obviously Carolina's the surprise. Everyone thought they were rebuilding, but they look better um, than that. And the Bears, of course. I mean, they're the Bears, so uh, we never expect them to be good, but yet here they are. Um, that that five and one record does surprise me a little bit. Uh, yeah, and then you know you, you kind of have to look at Tampa Bay, who's looked, um, you know they've got a they've got a, a game manager at quarterback who's doing a fantastic job of managing games right now. Um, in Tom Brady, but their like, defense is uh, but their, is really good. Their defense is legit, and I think that's the f- thing that people are going to miss. They're going to give Brady all this credit, but he only threw for what was it, one hundred and eighty six yards um, against the Packers in that blowout. Uh, win because the defense was good and they um, yeah. forced Rodgers to turn it over all those times and you know Brady didn't have to be yeah well speaking thing. of 186 yards uh, the next quarterback we face the Arizona Cardinals Murray versus Dallas only threw for 188 yards which against nine, Dallas nine and 24 188 yards but he had two touchdowns he also had 10, 10 carries 74 yards rushing um so Arizona Cardinals four and two. Uh, we knew um, that they would be an improved team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know if they would make the playoffs or not. They look pretty legit. I mean, the whole division looks like it could probably be a playoff team. Uh, and so, uh, but they're in front of us now. Um, he's so far this year. He's got forty-one rushes. Actually, he's got more than that now. Fifty-one rushes, three sixty-five yards, six touchdowns, seven point two average. Murray leads all quarterbacks in rushing. Lamar Jackson doesn't have anything on this guy right now. Um, if he was a running back, he would rank 13th in the NFL in rushing, number one in average, 7.2, number two in TDs, and 33rd in attempts. Well, So if Kyler yeah. Murray had the attempts... If, that, he was, if he was a running back, though, he wouldn't be getting all those runs against pass defenses. Um, I, know, I, know. I mean, we're talking about... A guy, nonetheless, a legit threat. He's from got his the position. he's got the athleticism and skill set of in in terms of running the ball of a young Russell Wilson. Um, he is yeah. very elusive, very quick. Um, 
and yeah, he's, he's quicker than than uh, Wilson was. Well, Wilson was quick. Um, I think he might be faster than Wilson was, but Wilson was really quick um, in the short distance. Like his ability to just make people look foolish, um, you know. Anyways, but uh, we're, we're talking. But they've about got a they've got a nice they've got a nice roster. Yeah. I mean, on offense, it's nice. It's not great it's it's nice um hopkins you mentioned Mm -hmm. um he's got a bunch of receptions a bunch of yards only a couple touchdowns though uh fitzgerald is really diminished 18 receptions overall 123 yards uh kenyan drake is uh always going to be a threat he had a nice uh burner at the very end of that dallas game that where they were just trying to run out the clock and he bursted out for like 68 yards or something like that on and and a touchdown um yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting roster, and then the defense is a little bit better than advertised. Um, it's definitely like a top ten defense, and I think Seattle will be uh, will will be their their biggest test. Um, and and it's definitely a situation where I could see Seattle just doing whatever it wanted to do on offense against these guys, but at the same time, um, they could stuff up uh, the the running attack that Seattle has a little bit and force them to to throw all over the field, which I think uh, Russell Wilson would be happy to do that. But um, their defense is going to slow you down just enough, though, and get try to get the ball back for Kyler Murray. I would say that the Seahawks' objective is to try to slow down the Cardinals' offense, have Kyler Murray make a few mistakes, which he's prone to. He does have six interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. And he's put the ball on the turf uh, one or two times as well. And... Um, so that we can get Russell Wilson the ball back. I mean, that's the that's my biggest gripe with our defense. I don't mind that we're giving up a ton of yards and we're giving up some points or whatever. I just would like to see our defense be able to create at least one additional turnover on downs per game to get the ball back to Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson had the ball for one more drive per game on average, I think we would see some of these close one-score games turn into to two score games. Um, well, I, I, I'll put it in a different, in a different <coughs> way. I want to see them generate one to two more punts per game. That means not letting the team drive the length of the field and kick a field. Yes, goal. absolutely. You don't, you don't yes. need to wait till the red zone to get the stop, get the stop, you know, out on the opponent's side of the field. Even if it's at the 40 or the 48, get it outside of field goal range, force them to punt. Can you, if you can generate one to two more, more punts per game, Yep. Then the Seahawks start winning instead of by, you know, five points. They start winning by um, eleven or thirteen, and it becomes a different season. Yeah, and you take the time of possession. You start winning that battle uh, again. Um, they don't yeah. even have to win. They doesn't. don't have to win that battle. They just can't get blown out by. To me, the, way the Dolphins. Did. It doesn't matter who we line up against. I mean, there might be a couple of teams that that are interesting to me as far as uh, the way that they would play Seattle. Arizona's one of them. I think the Rams are another, uh, and then the Bills. I want to find out what we do against the Bills. But other than that, really, it doesn't matter like who we're facing. I think our offense is going to be able to break down any defense. There's not a lot of great defenses this year. Even the the top 10 defenses like Arizona, I still think we're going to be able to move the ball and score. Yeah. You know, it's it's the, our defense. Can our defense improve enough to to like you said, generate a couple more punts a game, get the ball into Russell Wilson's hands, one of the most prolific offensive players, most dynamic players in the NFL. We need to figure that out. 
And I think hopefully they've spent a good portion of this bye week kind of dissecting their own team, um, not trying to go analyze the Arizona Cardinals, but figuring out, self-scouting their own team, finding out the, their own weaknesses and trying to address those because that's what we need to do. Agreed. So what do you got? What What are you thinking on this Arizona game? I'm thinking this game you got a feel on this? Um, I'm thinking this game is not going to be as high scoring as uh, everyone thinks it's going to be because I think Seattle's defense. Is These Cardinals be, games are tough. Yeah, I think that I think the um, Seattle's defense is going to be stouter. We're going to see uh, some players get back from injury. They're going to be a little healthier. They're going to be a little better. Um, and Arizona's defense is. Arizona's defense is without Chandler Jones too, which is a huge thing for them because yeah. he's their pass rush. Uh, and so I, I think you, what you end up there is you end up with a, a spot where I think Seattle will, will win this one. Um, but it's not going to be this, uh, not going to be a shootout. It's not going to be the, the 31 38 I've seen people predict. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think that Seattle comes away with it in the end, something on the order of like, 2823. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> I hope that Seattle does a good job um with Kyler Murray. That's why I was uh really excited to get Jamal Adams back. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I one of the reasons why they got Jamal Adams in the first place was to kind of counteract uh quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, etc. And um so it'd be nice to be able to find out exactly what we've got there. Uh, but we'll see. And um, I still think, you know, regardless, uh, we're going to give up some yards in this game. But again, it's just going to be the same formula that we've used so far to win games this year. And that's Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. And um, and hopefully a key you know, stop when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I I think realistically we're looking at uh, 24 to, to 30 points for C, uh, Seahawks. And then um, 17 to 21, I think, for Arizona. So that's kind of where my pocket is. So I think Seattle wins by 10. Yeah, it won't be. I think it'll be closer than that. Because when was the last time Seattle played Arizona and it wasn't close? Well, every game's a a new year and a new team. I know, um, but these uh, these two teams, the the history has just, it's gotten so crazy. I just just want to be injury free. You know, you play the Cardinals, and that that always comes into the equation. So I just it want injury free and uh, a good solid game. It'll be great to get back to football this weekend. Yep. Uh, try to extend to six and zero. I think if this team can go start this little five game uh, coming up schedule with a win out of the bye, I predicted a loss. You predicted a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to believe in you this week. <laughs> if they can <laughs> win want, here and go to six and zero. Um, like I said, I think they need to, if, if they can, if they can go three and two over this five game stretch, uh, a win this week means they have to go, um, two and two over, right. Over the, the next four games after that. Um, it just makes that three and two so much easier to get to yes, if they get yes. this win. So, well, and even, even getting to just one loss out of the next five would be uh, better. Oh yeah. I mean, if they, get to, if they get to that, then you're looking at a team that could, uh, possibly go 14 and two and. Yeah. yeah. And that's crazy. And and be a all-time great team. Yeah. All right. So, I think we're out of here. Let's do it. All right. Find Keith on Twitter 
at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. SeahawksPlaybook.com has all of your uh, all your podcasts where we host all of it. And um, find us on your uh, favorite podcast app. So till next time, Keith, go, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWCHawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.